Welcome to the Peak City Podcast. We're your hosts, Shane Reese, Alexis Jensen, Leif Jensen, Nick Bryant, Amber Keister, Senior Editor of Carry Magazine. And I'm Heather Taylor Petrovich. And today I got to team up with co host Amber Keister to interview Principal Matt White. Matt is the principal over at Apex Friendship High School. As you may know, Apex has two high schools. So give a listen to find out how the schools are different, what Apex Friendship is all about, how it got its name, and a little extra about Principal White. Enjoy. We are here today with Principal Matthew White. We'll go with Matt White from Apex Friendship High School. And it's myself, Heather Petrovich, and Amber Keister here to talk a little bit about you and more specifically also to start about Apex Friendship High and how it came to be called Apex Friendship High. We were talking a little before we started recording and it was so interesting. I thought maybe you could share with us a little bit about that, Matt. Right. So there's um, a little bit of a story. Previously um, to being at Friendship, I was at Apex High and when they opened Apex Friendship, it was pretty much opened to alleviate some of the overcrowding at Apex High and Holly Springs. So originally, the name of Friendship was going to be West Apex, and the board had approved that name. But actually, this area called Friendship, which is an unincorporated area down where the school is located, they came together and solicited the Board of Education about changing the name of the school to include friendship, to, to help recognize their community. And the community has kind of an interesting background. After the Civil War, freed slaves and Native Americans and some Quakers who lived in the area decided that they would live together in harmony. They would live together in friendship. And so that became the, the name of that unincorporated area. And that area has lived on so that there are still several families um, who live close to the school who've lived there since the Civil War. So kind of in recognition of that community, the board relented and named the school Apex Friendship. And I know that initially, and I remember hearing some news about this, there was some pushback about the name not being, I don't know, something (laughs) enough, competitive sounding enough, maybe? Yeah. Some of my high school buddies kind of gave me a hard time saying that it was not the most intimidating name or, or anything else. But as I've said to now, I guess, six different orientations of freshmen, when they come into friendship, we do a big orientation for students and parents. To be honest, as a high school principal, I can't think of a more appropriate name than friendship. A place where you want to develop relationships and be supportive of kids and have kids be comfortable. So that's kind of the way we've painted it. And I think it's a wonderful tribute to the area. In fact, as again, as we were talking earlier, we are soon going to dedicate a historical marker to the original Friendship School, which was a school that was established for African-Americans in 1923 that actually still sits about a quarter of a mile from our campus. So that's pretty important to tie the present school to the legacy of the area of Friendship and to that Friendship School. Absolutely. That's a really interesting history. And just to follow up with that, so how do your students take it when you, I mean, are are people open to the name now or how do they feel about it? Absolutely. I think that they have bought in. And to be honest, when we opened, one of the things that we, we stressed was the idea of being a supportive school and being a school that valued relationships. And I've told this before, but it's kind of interesting because coming from Apex High, the parents and the kids from Apex High knew me. I'd been there nine years, so they were pretty comfortable with coming. But the people from Holly Springs, 
you know, I'd been a rival to Holly Springs and that was a little bit harder and I was not as easily accepted. So we really, in opening the school, made an, an intentional effort to be supportive and to be welcoming. That sounds great. I mean, I know that that would be something I would look for in a high school. So yes, absolutely. That's the idea. <laughs> that's wonderful. So um, that's a great transition to something that I'm really curious about, Matt. The high schools in this area are huge, obviously. And given the number of students, I know that you personally put a high priority on those relationships with the students. How do you get to know all of the students? I mean, do you have a trick? <laughs> no, it's and, and and to be honest, it's kind of funny because both of my daughters went to Apex. They're all their four years of high school. And when we would go anywhere to eat in the Apex area. And I'd sit down and eat and the, the white person might recognize me and they go, oh, hey, Mr. White, how's it going? And I'd say, hi, how are you? And the white person would walk away and my daughter would say, well, do you know him? And I'd say, no, sorry. <laughs> I can't. And they go, dad, that's terrible. And I said, well, just look at it this way. We've averaged about 600 graduates every year for nine years. Right, right. So do, That's the a lot math. Of names. do right. the math. So I would never pretend to say that I know every student, but a couple things that I think I've done. One is that I've made it a point to be visible. And over the years, whether it's doing carpool or going to chorus concerts or going to band concerts or going to athletic events, I've tried to really be visible and get to know a lot of the kids, which, which is it's hard, but I think I've gotten to know a good number of them. The other thing is that, and this is a little bit old school, but both at Apex High and at Friendship, I do the morning announcements. And okay. I've always done the morning announcements. And I try to make it a little bit personal. But over the years, I've developed kind of a tag phrase, and that is make it a great day. And now, even today, I'll see kids. Oh. And they'll Get say, hey, Mr. Show. White, make it a great day. So it's kind of become a little bit of identity. I think things like that have helped. Yeah, absolutely. But structurally, there's certain things we did when we opened Friendship to try to develop relationships. Um, one thing is that when we opened, we did something called Star Lunch, which was a little bit of a different setup for lunch than, than what we'd done at Apex. And what it was, it was an unstructured time. So all the kids had an hour for lunch. And during that time, they could eat, they could do clubs, they could meet with teachers for intervention. They could do a lot of different things. I'd always been frustrated because people always say, kids don't know how to manage their time. But I found that we never gave kids an opportunity to manage their time. Great point. We always mm -hmm. rang a bell and rang a bell. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, that, you know, they'd say that kids don't know how to make decisions there, you know, that, and so what I did was we gave them the freedom to make decisions. And to be honest, it's worked out really well. Unfortunately, due to our size now, and our, we're the largest high school in Wake County, almost 2,900 students, our building will not accommodate um, you know, 2,000 kids going around making decisions independently. Right. So we're having to move away from that model. But the other thing that, that I've done, and, and, I, and I introduced this at Apex years ago, when kids come to Apex or to Friendship, as freshmen, they are assigned a homeroom and a homeroom teacher. And we meet once a week in homeroom and, you know, we hand out report cards and do schedule changes and do all that stuff. But what we do is we have the homeroom teachers move up with the kids 
And mm-hmm. so they they go from freshman to sophomore to junior to senior, and they have the same homeroom for four years. And so my intention is that regardless of how big your school is, the kids will have developed a relationship with at least one adult for four years. And it culminates with the homeroom teachers reading the kids' names at graduation. Oh, wow. I love that. Which is really cool. Yeah, again. Yeah. um, But, and what kind of, what I kind of joke is that number one, they should be able to pronounce their name. After after four years, you should should be able to pronounce the name. (laughs) But it really is interesting in that both at Apex and at Friendship, I've had teachers who have retired and come back to graduation to read their kids' names. Oh, I mean, wow. they develop those kinds of relationships. And the feeling of belonging that the kids must have for being in that group for four years. Um, and, and the other thing that, that you hear is the teachers remark about how much the kids have grown. Sure. And this exactly. year, this past year, obviously, graduation's been quite different. But I still remember homeroom teachers taking pictures of their homerooms as they're walking to graduation. It's really cool. Yeah. So, so those are a couple structural things that we've done, but, but I certainly would agree that in a school of almost 3000 kids, it's really hard. I would imagine because you got your shining stars that you know, and then probably some that are known for other reasons. (laughs) And then if you're in the middle, it can be hard. But I I would say, and this is what I always tell people who have kids coming to high school. My advice is to get them engaged in something, get them involved in an activity get them involved in a sport or a club or the arts or something so that, and again, our freshman class this year at Friendship is 800. So if you come in one of 800 kids, it's kind of easy to lose your way. But if you decide you're going to run cross country, then you're one of 30 or 40 kids and you you make all those friends. If you choose to be in the marching band, then you, you automatically have a smaller peer group that you can relate to. That's, I was going to ask you that question is with two incoming freshmen that I have, and that's my biggest concern. I went to a very small school and my kids are actually going to Apex High and I just, I don't want them to get lost. So that's great advice. But speaking of Apex High, as a realtor, I often get asked, what are the differences? What are the similarities? Is there a kid that fits in better at one versus the other? Or is it just, you know, depends where you land, where you buy a house and I would have said, and what I kind of my pat answer used to be, well, that friendship is a lot newer than Apex. But <laughs> I, I can't, I can't even say that anymore. <laughs> right. But to be honest, I think the schools are very, very similar, and that's primarily due to that we all draw from the same sort of community. And you know, the difference is obviously Apex has a long, storied history academically athletically, just being a part of the community. That's something that we don't have, but that's something that we're trying to establish. From my point of view, I would probably say it's kind of like adopting a, a child versus having your own child. Okay. And at okay. Friendship, I was able to be there from step one, from day one. Gotcha. And so yeah. I feel like, you know, again, there's an old adage, it's easier to create a culture than it is to change sure, a culture. Sure, that makes sense. And so, mm-hmm. so Friendship has my footprints and fingerprints and blood, sweat, and tears all over it. Apex has had a long history, and there were teachers there who were there when I got there who were still there. Mm-hmm. But everybody, and the other thing is, is that when you hire the whole staff, you can't turn around and say, "Well, who hired that guy?" You can't blame it on the previous boss. But back to your kind of your question, there's not a whole lot of difference. We're very, very competitive in the athletic field and the arts. But it's interesting because we have sort of a familial relationship. 
my chorus teacher is really close with their chorus teacher. My band director who came with me from Apex is close to them. The principal and I, we talk regularly. And again, part of it is that I still feel both of my daughters graduate from Apex. I put nine years in there. So I'm, you know, I still feel a strong association. But obviously now, you know, I'm, I'm in friendship and trying to make friendship the best school can be. Is there a rivalry between the two Absolutely. athletically and stuff? Absolutely. Okay. So it's a love hate type of thing, right? Absolutely. Yes. That's fun. Yes. Yeah, it is great. So I love that you, what you were talking about. I know that Apex High has a really fantastic culinary arts program. And so talk to me about what are some of the programs at Apex Friendship for kids who might not be on the college track, who might say lean more toward whether it's culinary arts or what used to be called shop classes, but I think they're CTE now. Correct. And what's interesting, again, I have a long perspective. And and when when I was at Apex, we actually brought back the horticulture program. Um, it, it had gone away. We also brought back the auto mechanics program, which had gone away. You mentioned culinary arts. Erica Hoskins is incredible. She's amazing. I actually lost some weight after leaving because I wasn't eating all her cupcakes. <clears throat> but interestingly enough. Sidebar, Erica Hoskins is the culinary arts director at Apex High, and she is amazing. I think her kids have won state, I don't even know how many times. Very but talented, anyway. very passionate. But what's interesting is in opening a new school, I didn't have the opportunity to have horticulture mm-hmm. or to have auto mechanics. Because the district and CTE is moving toward more technology-based mm-hmm. courses. Mm-hmm. And so where the at Apex High, they've got the Academy of Information Technology. Right. We have an academy that's engineering and advanced manufacturing. So we have a lot of programs that really look toward technology, but fewer that are kind of nuts and bolts hands-on. And that's just the direction that the district has gone in. And that's based on what the district hears from the job market that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I heard on the news like yesterday with Apple coming and somebody else, the number of IT positions and the number of engineering technology positions is crazy. So we've got a wide variety, but primarily they are in technology and in some advanced manufacturing, things like that. Can you explain a little bit about what that means to be in the Academy of Engineering and Sure. It's basically a school within a school. And that when when kids come, we typically have more people who want to get in than we can allow in. So they apply and there's a lottery. And what they do is they, and and I'll I'll to be completely transparent, it's modeled on the Academy of Information Technology at Apex that, that I was very familiar with. Those students are a kind of a cadre. And what they do is they take um, similar classes not just in the technical area, but in their academic classes. So all the AOE kids have English one together. Gotcha. And they have, in math, it gets kind of wonky because you're at different levels. But what we do is we try to infuse skills into those core classes that help to apply to the academy. Again, I can give you an example. Um, We do lots of project-based learning. Project management is an area that's really big right now. So we we try to do that. The other thing is that we try to infuse soft skills, job readiness skills. They do um, job shadowing. They do mock interviews. 
They do a, an internship between their junior and senior year. And all those things are meant to prepare them, not just for secondary ed college, but for also some kids go straight into the workforce. Gotcha. So they're a school within a school where they really progress through all four years having mostly the same classes with Correct. each other. Correct. Correct. There's a cohort. Right. And it's engineering and what? I'm sorry. Advanced manufacturing. Okay. We do a lot of 3D modeling. Um, mm-hmm. It's really interesting that the Sounds technology cool. and stuff they do. It's very cool. No, that's fantastic. And I love that you mentioned um, with Apple coming in and just the demand for those sorts of jobs. Absolutely. Um, they have so much growth. So yeah. that's fantastic that you're addressing the needs of the community that way. And preparing high schoolers for you know, I, I sometimes I feel like I came out of high school with no clue of like, you know, then you go to college and I still didn't have a lot of direction. It's nice to see some of that stuff, even like what you're saying about time management and things like that, like real skills that you can use, whether you go to college or not, just life skills right. um, that I think sometimes are missed in high school. Yeah. Speaking of diversity, which we talked about a few minutes ago, you know, equity, diversity and inclusion are hot topics today. Are you addressing that at the school, within the school? Absolutely. And the biggest thing in high school that determines sort of your path is the courses that you choose. And a lot of what we're doing is educating the middle school counselors on what courses to recommend for kids. The other thing that we're doing is we look at the incoming students. And if we see minority students who are close to the to the level or at the level of prerequisites and haven't chosen honors courses, then we move them straight into honors courses. Again, a lot of it is self-choice, but um, some kids who are not confident or maybe don't have that same parental kind of pushing expectations will take the, the easier road. And so one thing that we try to do is we try to encourage kids as freshmen when they come in, take the honors courses because the honors courses lead to the AP courses. The AP courses lead to wherever. But I would say we've been very, very fortunate that we've had some outstanding minority students come through. In fact, when President Biden was here, he was introduced by an Apex grad named Ivy Jones, who is now after a freshman year at Princeton. So, you know, again, and I can tell you because I know Ivy very well and her family very well, from day one, her mom was pushing her to take honors courses. And so that was that level. And so that's one thing we need to do is to encourage the kids to challenge themselves and not take the, the lesser of the, of the courses. We have an active Black Student Association that is working on diversity. Again, before the pandemic hit, we had some school-wide professional development with our teachers on equity. And, and um, I think we were making some real progress. So, yeah. And one of the questions that I wanted to know is, are there things that you learned during the pandemic whether it's, you know, how to do digital learning better, how to do the flipped classrooms better. Are there things that you learned that you're like, hey, that was actually pretty good. We're going to keep doing that. I think I'm going to wear a mask in the winter. I didn't get a cold every year, but I didn't get a cold. That's um, a great point. I mean, I was actually having the same conversation. Yeah. 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 Um, yes, there were some things. Obviously, technology and people's comfort level with technology is completely different. And some of our teachers never, ever, ever would have gotten to the level where they are now had they not been forced to. Mm -hmm. But they were forced to. And I'll admit, I was one of those that I just was not where I needed to be technology-wise. But there were some other things kind of pedagogically 
And something that I did in interviews as I was interviewing new teachers, but also in our year-end survey, we asked teachers, what's something that you're going to keep? And one thing that they mentioned, and this was mentioned consistently, is having an online agenda every day and having it be a live document, something that the kids can access, the parents can access. To have a syllabus, a detailed syllabus, is really, really important. And again, you go, oh, well, gosh, that's common sense. But I think the fact that it's online, it's easily accessible, and it's something that's dynamic. If it changes, you can move a day here or there. So many people said that having that was so easy. And that if kids were going to be out for a couple of days, they just go, you know, look at the syllabus. It's right. on there, what you're going to have to do. They're not saying to their and, friend, don't forget <clears throat> to bring my stuff home. And so that's just an organizational sort of strategy mm-hmm. that almost universally people were like, wow, that was that really worked. I think I'll keep that. Yeah, it really forced everybody to up their technology game for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, a lot of these questions have been very like, you know, business focused, your job as a principal. Tell us a little bit about Matt White outside of Principal Matt White. What are the things, what does a day look like in the life of your fun guy side? Not that you're not fun as a principal. I'm not saying that. I'm getting myself in hot water. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I thought about that a little bit and like my ideal day would be a hike in the mountains in the morning, some snow skiing in the afternoon. And then late afternoon, feet in the sand on the beach. <laughs> okay, so, great day. That's a long. I know that's quite a, that's quite a day. But but I but I am I'm really active. My wife and I are both active, and we like to do a lot of things. Again, I have a son that lives in Colorado. Awesome. We were out there last summer, and we hiked. And you know, you're getting a good workout, but it's beautiful. We were out in the winter, and he works at a ski resort, so I did downhill skiing, which is probably my favorite activity to do downhill skiing. Where did you grow up? In Maryland, Washington, D.C., right outside of D.C. But I didn't learn to ski till I was older. Okay. I didn't know um, if you were skiing as a kid or... No, and kind of returning, again, I went to UNC Wilmington. So at the end of the day, sitting on the beach, getting in and out of the water is is probably the most relaxing thing. And really, that's what I've probably missed the most this summer Mm -hmm. because we've got summer school going on. and But those three things, just the other last thing I'll add... I played soccer growing up. I played at UNC Wilmington, uh, gave it up a few years ago, but now I've started going back and playing pickup. And we play pickup on Saturday morning oh, at 630. Fantastic. You have to get on at 630 because the field's open. So I've gone back and started playing. And so far, my, my knees and my Do you guys play outside up. at the Apex Fields? Or? We play at the community park. Mm-hmm. It's a, just a pickup game. I so used, to play, I used, to, used to play with my <laughs> yeah, church. At 630 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it, what about pickleball? Have you tried pickleball? We just did a podcast on pickleball. <laughs> but I didn't. And during the pandemic, um, my wife and I started riding our bikes a lot. And yeah. I live in Cary and can actually ride from Cary on greenways all the way to the Tobacco Trail. And it's just fantastic. Oh, that is awesome. So I love fresh air. I love being active. But, you know, nature and that mountain versus beach, you know, we're still trying to figure that conflict out. Are we beach people or are we mountain people? Someone asked me the same thing the other day. I'm like, like, I don't know, both. I, but I think when you live right. here, you can you can do both. My wife's parents live in Blowing Rock, so we can go mm-hmm. up there and, and enjoy that. And again, I went to school in Wilmington, so I can still go to Wilmington. So feel at home there on the beach. Yeah. Oh, that's, great. That's sounds like great. you're a pretty active guy, which I guess you need to be to wrangle. What did you, how many, 2,600, how many students? 28, or yeah, t- uh, over 2,800 this yeah. year. No, I think, no, it definitely, well, it kind of keeps you 
healthy, I hope. And no, I just like being active. That's great. Well, thank awesome. you. So anything else you wanted to ask, Amber? That's or? it. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure, Matt. Thank, thank you so much for coming in Enjoy. this morning. It's been so much fun. Yeah. And learned a little something about the history of Apex Friendship High. And right. it was a pleasure well, to get come, to meet you. Come by and visit sometime. Absolutely. Thank you. And that wraps up our interview with Matt White. Thank you so much, Principal White, for taking the time to stop by the Peak City Podcast. And now let's move on to find out all the local happenings with News with Nick. Thank you, Amber and Heather. August 2nd, Jason Armstrong will begin his role as Apex's new police chief. Chief Armstrong is from North Carolina and attended North Carolina Central University. His career has taken him around the country, and he is now grateful to be back home. The North Salem Rehabilitation Project has begun. Partial road closures are expected between Highway 55 and Chatham Street. These closures are planned to last through August. Also beginning in August, most garbage, recycling, and yard waste pickup days will change for residents. If you haven't received notice, please check the town's online map to confirm your pickup day at apexnc.org. And last today, if you are looking for entertainment, the Halley is continuing its outdoor music and movie series at the Apex Nature Park. These dates are August 7th, 21st, and 28th. Visit the Halley's page on the town's website for details. Thanks for listening to the Peak City Podcast, and we'll see you around town.